going to continue uh, talking about Solomon Says, our sermon series here in the book of Proverbs. And let me just ask you a question. Don't you wish that if God would just say it once, we could learn to just say, okay, that's it. We don't have to say that again. Anybody else have that wish? I, I seem to never do well with that. I don't know if it's just I'm a little more hard-headed than others or whatever. I don't know if you perhaps have that same problem. I have met a few very rare people who for some reason have that ability to listen to what somebody says and actually apply it and take it and move on. But for me, there's just sometimes that it, it takes some time for things to sink in. Perhaps sometimes I have to hear it over and over or I have to hear it maybe with a different level of intensity uh, than other people or maybe sometimes I just experience different things. But here's what's happening in the book of Proverbs. If you're not thinking of Israel following David, and one night in a vision, God came to Solomon as he was very early on in his reign and said, well, I've been placed as king over Israel, and what I need is wisdom. I, I need to know how to navigate what I've been given in life. Does that sound like anything anybody else would want? I need to know how to navigate where I am in life. And so God said, Solomon, because you asked for this and not for, uh, not for defeat of your enemies and not for riches or gold, I'm going to grant you wisdom but I'm also going to give you these other things as a blessing. And so we know from God's word that there's two things about Solomon when it comes to his wisdom. Number one, that he had wisdom that was God-given. And, and it says very clearly in Scripture that God bestowed wisdom upon Solomon like no one else who ever lived. So we know that he has a God-given wisdom that goes beyond anybody else we would ever know. And I've known a lot of wise, godly people. And the second thing we know from, from Scripture about Solomon is that Solomon also had wisdom that came from the school of hard knocks. Anybody else got a, got a graduate certificate from there? Amen? Amen. Is that even though he had this God-given wisdom, we know that for some reason at different points in his life, he strayed from those things and he learned some lessons along the way. And so as he stopped and he started writing the book of Proverbs, we know that his wisdom has both God-given influence and the experience of life mixed in it. So he's someone worth listening to when it comes to the words of experience. And like I said, I wish that for somehow in my life I could learn to just take words and put them into practice. But for some reason, sometimes we need to hear them over and over. And so some of the things that Solomon has been saying early on in his book, the first one is this. He starts everything off by saying the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, that wisdom begins with following Jesus. So Solomon, in all the things that he had learned, in all the experiences that he had had, he comes back to this and says right at the start that wisdom begins with following Jesus. Now Solomon didn't use Jesus he said the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge because Solomon, Solomon's book was written before Jesus had come to the earth. But everything in Solomon's book points to knowing and following God, which we now know because of what Jesus has done is following what Jesus begins, is knowing and following Jesus. He kind of goes off right at the very first and says there's a distraction that can happen. And he says greed will distract and destroy Fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But if you get greedy, if you follow these other paths of self-interest, then that will distract you from the things of God and it will end up destroying your life. And we talked about greed a couple of weeks ago in this context, that it doesn't 
always just have to do with financial things. That greed is someone who takes the things in life and brings them all back to a self-interested view of life. And the reason we say it that way is because you can be greedy with lots of things that have nothing to do with money. It has a matter of fact to do with your heart and how you approach things because God's word tells us clearly that the greatest commandment of all is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. So we know from God's word that true life is going to be found in following Jesus and in learning to follow the ways of the Lord in such a way that we're able to love our neighbor as ourselves. But greed will turn all of these things inward and make us from what God has for us in life. And so Solomon, right after he says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, says be careful about being greedy. And then he paints a picture at the end of the first chapter where we can understand that God is pursuing us. God's not just saying, hey, I created the world, I set it spinning, I'm going to sit back and see what happens. And by the way, if you follow me, that'd be a great idea. No, God is actually pursuing us. We see from, from Proverbs 1, 20 and 21, wisdom calls out in the street. She makes her voice heard in the public squares. She cries out above the commotion. She speaks at the entrance of the city gates. And one of my favorite lines in that, she cries out above the commotion. And it seems like there are times in life when, when things just go haywire. Everything seems to be just out of place and out of sync. And what we know from this is that even in the midst of that, God is pursuing us. He's calling out to us to follow him even above all the other voices and all the commotion and all the distractions that are there. And so then it really comes down to this question for us, knowing that God is pursuing me, will I pursue him? You see, because we're all pursuing something in life. We're all looking for something. It may be you're just wanting a little bit of peace. You may be looking for more money. You may be looking for satisfaction. You may be looking for relationships. I don't know what it is, but we're all pursuing something. And what Solomon, the wisest man in the world, says is, I've gone after it all, and let me down. And if you will pursue him, you will find life. And so those are the words that we have to go on today and to really begin to wrestle with, what am I pursuing? And then Solomon, I think, ratchets up the level of intensity in chapter 2 because I believe he actually begins to plead with his son and just say, look, if you, if you would just listen to what I have to say and learn from my mistakes. I can't tell you how many times I've shared that with people. Learn from my mistakes. Okay, at least don't do it this way. But again, for some reason we go on. But look at the intensity of Solomon as he pleads here in chapter 2. He says, my son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, listening closely to wisdom and directing your heart to understanding. Furthermore, if you call out to insight, and lift your voice to understanding. If you seek it like silver and search for it like hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom 
and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up success for the upright. He is a shield for those who live with integrity so that he may guard paths of justice, protect the way of his faithful followers. I mean, he just lays it out. If you will do these things, you will find the Lord. You will find the way to knowledge. You will understand what I'm saying when I say the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But it's not just knowing about God. It's knowing him and following him if you pursue it. You see, we need to understand that every choice matters. Every choice matters in life. And I'll, 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 I'll tell you, the older I get, the more that that becomes true. Because I, at one point in time, thought, well, there were some things that I can choose to do that just really aren't any, it's not a big deal. This isn't hurting anybody. This isn't, you know, messing with anything. It's just about me or whatever. And, and you name it. But the older I get, the more I begin to realize, no, every choice matters. If I make a decision about exercise or not, it affects my health. What I eat or what I don't, it affects my health. If I make a decision to spend money, then I don't have it to do something with somebody, something else. If I make a decision to say something to somebody that maybe I shouldn't have said, then now I've you know, caused friction in a relationship that I didn't need to do. If I choose to ignore the advice of other people and do my own thing, then now I've affected, oh my goodness, every choice matters. And so that's why I believe Solomon is ramping up his intensity and he's looking at his son saying, if you will just listen, if you will just apply these things, if you will just do that, it will save your world of heartache. It will actually lead you on the path to the knowledge of God. He will guide your steps. He will protect you. He will lead you to a place where you don't have to inflict pain in your life the way that I inflicted pain in my life by some self-directed decisions. Amen. Man, there are times I just want to look at people and go, if you would just listen to this. And, and the way I've said it sometimes, I'm not really trying to be funny, but you know, sometimes I look at my kids or students or whatever and I say, at least make different mistakes than I did. You know, don't do the same thing because I can tell you where that path leads. At least do one I don't know. And I think that this is a little bit about what Solomon is saying, but it's so intense, and I think it's intense for a reason, because Solomon understands something about wisdom. And that's this, that wisdom is a pursuit. Wisdom is a pursuit. It's not a one-time transaction. You don't just go and buy some wisdom and stick it in your pocket and go, there, I got wisdom. Wisdom is a pursuit. It's something that happens over the long haul. It happens over time. It happens with consistent, right decisions. You know, and we live in a world that wants things right now. But wisdom doesn't, doesn't work that way. Wisdom takes time. Wisdom takes experience. Wisdom takes following the Lord. But this is what he's saying. He talks about it like this. If you seek it like silver and search for it like hidden treasure, if, if you look for it with that intensity, now think about this. What does my pursuit of my relationship with God look like? Do I have a casual pursuit of God? 
Or do I have an intense pursuit for the things of the Lord? Because what Solomon is saying, let me just make it really clear, is that if you're just kind of casually pursuing the Lord, you're probably not going to find that wisdom, that protection, that peace, that life that he offers. It requires an intense pursuit of God. It requires every day getting up and making the decision to say, I'm, I'm going to follow you today. I'm going to do things your way today. Jesus spoke it this way in Matthew chapter 6. He said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. <laughs> right? Each day has enough trouble of its own. And so Jesus himself is saying, look, if, if you try to live too much life at once, it's not going to work. You just need to get up today and you need to trust me and you need to follow me today. And I know some people go, well, I don't know how I can do that because, you know, in my past, I've got all these things that, that I've done. Can I just tell you, we all do. Every one of us in this place has a past. We have regrets, we have sin, we have brokenness, we have pain. We have words we wish we could take back. We have actions we wish we could take back. We have decisions that we wish that we could do different. You will seek first today God's way and pursue his path, then he will take care of today. And here's what happens. If you do that enough days in a row, then the past begins to take care of itself and the future begins to take care of itself. It doesn't just happen one day. We have to do this over and over and over. Wisdom is a pursuit. It's something that we seek after, like we're searching out a hidden treasure, like we're wanting to find something like nothing else. That's how we should come to the Lord. Not just a one-time transaction to say, well, okay, I prayed a prayer and I asked Christ into my heart, but everything in life didn't change. Well, no, because life still happens. It's how are you pursuing God that's going to determine how it's lived and how it works out. And here's another thing that sometimes confuses people is that when you give your life to Christ and you begin to pursue after him and you begin to follow after him, the world around you doesn't change. It stays the same. And then sometimes it gets even more confusing because you're like, well, I'm trying to pursue this. Why can't everybody see this? Oh, my goodness, why don't they do things differently? But the truth is, is that as you pursue God consistently over time, God doesn't necessarily change the entire world around you, but he changes you from the inside out. And you begin to interact in this world in a different way. And wisdom is proven right with time and consistency of the right decisions. It doesn't matter what you did yesterday to the Lord. He gives you a new day today to follow him and to do the right thing. And if you will do that today and trust him today, then tomorrow is going to take care of itself and yesterday is going to take care of itself. And if you get up tomorrow and you'll do it again tomorrow, then tomorrow is going to take care of itself and yesterday is going to take care of itself. And you know what? That is an incredible gift. That is an incredible gift because some people I run into are so weighted down by their past, they can't even think about moving forward. And what God says is you're trying to carry all this on your own. Pursue wisdom. It doesn't matter how long you've been walking down the wrong road. Turn around and walk toward Christ and you'll begin to see the right things happen in time. In time. Because it's not just a transaction, it's a pursuit. 
It's not just a decision, it's obedience where you begin to see the fruit of the Christian life grow. Let me just give you an example. This is the fourth year of Windshape, and we're just now beginning to see the results that we wanted to see when we started doing it four years ago. It takes time. He's doing through something like that. And the same thing is true, and people could give testimonies all over of, of, hey, I started changing this habit here, and it took time for me to see results, but over time I did. So wisdom is a pursuit. You have to decide daily not just to ask Jesus into your heart, but to follow him and to do things his way. And if you messed it up today, then get it right for the rest of the day and try it again tomorrow. And that's the grace of God that covers that. That's the grace of God. So wisdom is a pursuit. But we also know something else about wisdom because of Solomon's life is wisdom is also a gift. Wisdom is not just a pursuit on our part. God is pursuing us with wisdom. So if we're pursuing him and he's pursuing us, then we're going to come together in you wisdom so that you can experience life to its fullest. That is the heart of the Lord. He desires that you experience that type of life and that type of wisdom. And when we pursue it, his word tells us that then you will understand the fear of the Lord. When you pursue it, then you understand. We would like to understand it before I decide whether I want to pursue it. But that's not how God's word works. He says, when you start pursuing me, then you begin to understand, not the other way around. And so the invitation is to pursue God and understand that wisdom is not just a pursuit, it's also a gift because God wants to give you that gift of wisdom. James, the half-brother of Jesus, wrote these words in his book. He says, now if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly and it will be given to him. The only thing I found funny about that entire verse is if any of you lack wisdom, I'm like, we all lack wisdom to the level that we would desire that we would have it in life. So what God's word tells us to do is not just to follow his word, but we should also along the way ask him to give us wisdom that we need. And it's God's desire that he, he would pour that out on us like a gift. If you have a situation in life, you're going, I don't know how I'm supposed to navigate this. I've never done this before. I've never been in this place. I don't know why this happened. I don't know how this is supposed to happen. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Then what God's word tells us to do is to seek him first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added to you as well. But unfortunately, we live in a culture where we would rather seek the advice of anything else but God first at times to find out. As a matter of fact, I will go as far as to say one of the things that breaks my heart about our culture today is that we live in a culture that just loves to commiserate for some reason. We love to, if I'm miserable and I can find somebody else who has as miserable as me, then somehow then I feel better. And I've never understood how two miserable people can all of a sudden feel better. When what I feel like what the word of the Lord is telling us to do is that we should find God in the midst of these things and find the path to righteousness and the path to peace and the path to hope so that when we encounter people who are having a miserable time in life, we can give them hope and peace and joy and assurance that there's a God that loves them and then that would lift them up. That seems to be a much better plan than let's just have a bigger pity party. And so we need to understand 
that wisdom is a gift that God wants to bestow us. And if you're having difficulties in life, it doesn't matter what you did yesterday. It doesn't matter what's going to happen tomorrow. Are you pursuing God today right now? And will you do it again tomorrow? Because if you do that over and over and over, then you will find life. And there's something that's pretty incredible about wisdom. And that is this, that wisdom is life-changing. Wisdom is life-changing. Now, I'm going to be honest with you and say that there's a little phrase I think that's overused in our culture. And that is, boy, you do this, it'll change your life. Now, you listen to this radio station, we'll change your life. You eat this food, it'll change your life. You follow this plan, it'll change your life. You buy this thing, it'll change your life. It's like everybody's wanting to sell change in your life. And that's not what I'm talking about here. Wisdom doesn't change your life. Wisdom is life-changing. And there's a subtle difference between the two. Because quite honestly, I don't think that people are living in such a way where they go, I want to change my life. They want to change their circumstances, but not necessarily change their life. Because they kind of like their life, but they just want a couple of things about it to be different. You see, that's this, that's this me-centered, and I want things out here to change. Wisdom is life-changing. It changes your heart. It changes your perspective. It changes your outlook. And it allows you to encounter the world in an entirely different way, seen through the eyes and the wisdom of God. It says in his word that God stores up success for the upright, for the upright he is a shield for those who live with integrity. So let's just put it blank, as blatant as we can. God is ready to honor, protect, pour out wisdom, and take care of those who are pursuing living after him. But when we pursue and choose to live for anything else, we are removed from the protection of God and we are left all on our own. And then the world and everything that it has, has free reign to come right at us. Every choice matters. There's no choice that you're going to make that's not a big deal. Oh, this doesn't hurt anybody else. Oh, this is no big deal. Oh, I'll do this with these people and this with these people. Oh, I've liked this for a little while. I'll do no, every choice matters. And what Solomon is doing everything he can to get the attention of people to say, choose God in everything that you can do. And when you do, you will experience life like no other. Because God's desire as he pursues you is to care for, give peace, protect, and love those who are pursuing him. He stores up success for those who choose to follow him. James writes these words as well. He says, who among you is wise and understanding? Look at this. By his good conduct. He's saying that wisdom isn't about what you none and the gentleness that comes from wisdom. What is he saying? He's saying that wisdom isn't about what you know as much as it is about what you do. He says, but if you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, don't boast and deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from above, but it's earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where there is envy and selfish ambition, there is disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peace-loving, gentle, compliant, full of mercy and good fruit, unwavering without pretense. 
and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who cultivate peace. James says the wisdom that comes from God looks like no wisdom of this earth. And the only way that you have it is pursuing God, not pursuing selfish interests. And so that's where this all begins to come together. And, and we just need to understand it maybe in a more simple way for us. So I'll put it this way. My behavior is directed by my belief. My behavior is directed by my belief. Every choice matters. When you look at some things that you're choosing to do in life, ask yourself the question, what do I believe about this? When you check your attitude toward somebody else and maybe you find it in a place that you don't want it to be, it's based on a belief that you have about that person. It's based on what you feel inside and you need to ask yourself, what do I believe about this person? Maybe it's an attitude toward a job. Maybe it's an attitude toward an organization. Maybe it's an attitude toward God. Maybe it's just the way that you've been brought up that honestly needs to be challenged because what we see clearly in Scripture over and over and over is that when we pursue God, he pursues us and we find life. But the other thing that is spelled out so clearly in all the book is, but your behavior is driven by what you believe. If you believe that God's not enough, then you're going to pursue things other than God. But when you believe that God's enough, then you're on the path to righteousness. It's written this way in Proverbs chapter 2, starting in verse 20. It says, so follow the way of the good. Keep the paths of the righteous, for the upright will inhabit the land, and those of integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land, and the treacherous ripped out. You'll have the favor of God. You'll have the protection of God. Do things your own way. Act like every choice doesn't matter, that you can do things however you want. And it says that the wicked will be ripped out of the land. Now I know what some of us are already thinking. I'm not wicked. So anytime I have that thought, I always have to challenge myself, by what standard am I making that declaration that I'm not wicked? Because there's a very dangerous thing that happens in our culture today called relativism. And I'm not wicked relative to people I can find who are more wicked. Right? But when I look at the standard of the Lord and what he's presented in his word, it teaches me the truth that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so by God's standard, I fall short. By God's standard, I am wicked. Now, I can take offense to that. Or I can also listen to the words of the Lord that say, but God demonstrated his own love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So he may call me wicked, but at the same time he calls me his child and he gives me a path to be able to know and to follow him. So we need to understand that what Proverbs is teaching us that when we follow the way of the good and we do it over and over and over again, we pursue it like silver, like hidden treasure, we go after God with all that we have, then we will find the path to life. And over time, you'll look back and go, I don't know how I got here, but it is awesome. Just like if you pursue the things of the world, you will follow this path long enough that one time you'll look back and go, I don't know how I got here, but this isn't good. And that's what the scripture puts out in front of us. You see, we can always find someone who's better. 
You can always find someone who's worse. That's a dangerous path to start going down and comparing ourselves to anything else other than God's word. But God's standard is this. Give it our all to him all the time in all that we do to honor him because every choice matters. And the reason he gives us these promises is because we just need to understand this pretty simply, that my path to peace is in following Jesus. If I want to find that satisfaction and that peace, even living in the midst of a crazy world, how do I find it? Where do I get this? You know, I'm going to tell you this again. Following Jesus doesn't make everything in the world right. It just guarantees that you have someone who's guiding your steps in it. And even though you may have had the worst week ever, or like our wind-shaped life is found in following Jesus through the mountains and the valleys, and he will lead you. So I want to invite you just to bow your heads with me for just a moment. And I want you to think about that question. Am I pursuing Jesus? What is it that would keep you from pursuing him fully?